The shadows of storm and night. The mysteries of life and light. From unearthly peculiarities, celestial and divine, to apparitions and transcendental signs. You're listening to To The Spirit Podcast. Hi, friends, and welcome to The Spirit. I'm your host, Beck. And I'm Steph. Hi, Steph. Hey, Beck. Today, we have a very special guest. Do you know who that is, Steph? I know her as mom, too. She's sitting right next to you, so it's not really that much of a surprise to you. No. <laughs> yes, it's Deborah McKinkle, my mother. Hi, Mom. Hi, Beck. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Steph. Hi there. <laughs> On today's show, we're going to talk about paranormal experiences, but we're going to get a little background and history on Deborah McKinkle or Deborah, as sometimes I like to call her. <laughs> Do you believe in the paranormal? Oh, of course. I'm an experiencer. Have you always been a believer? I didn't really know what that meant as a child. I just had visions and experiences. Let's start when you were a child, what your first experiences were. My first experiences were in dreams. I would have dreams over and over, the same dream over and over, and then it would happen. Example... My father would be dead in a casket. It would be a nightmare, and it would just happen over and over until he died. That's a nightmare. That is. Did you know how to interpret that? No, no. It it scared me, and I just thought it was a nightmare, but it continued. Now, how old were you when you were having the dreams? Was it for years you were having the dreams? And then how old were you and how old was your father when he passed away? I was 14 years old having those dreams, almost 15. My father was 56. He died when he was 57. Wow. I believe he was having the same dream because we'd wake up at the same time and I'd meet him down in the living room and he'd be sitting wide awake and he'd say, Deb, I, I just had a nightmare that I drove my truck off of the Codnoy Dam, and I died. Premonitions. Yes. And is, it, is that how it happened? No, that was his fear, because mm-hmm. obviously he was having the same dream as I was having a dream that he was dying. Mm-hmm. He was dreaming he was dying. He died in the bathroom. From a heart attack? Yes. What were your first actual experiences beside the dreams? Well, after his death... A lot of paranormal stuff began to happen. His clothes were hung in the, actually in the upstairs bedroom. And they were near the stairway. They'd just fall down the stairs every day after he died. And my mother took it as though she needed to take his clothes to the Salvation Army because I think he was trying to tell her to just start getting rid of stuff. Do you think that's what he was telling her? I believe he was, yeah. By throwing him down the stairs, you don't think it was like a, hey, I'm here, I'm here. Oh, we knew he was there. There were times where he would go down into my bedroom and part my clothes and bring his jacket down and put it in the middle of my closet. So he was there, I would say, from September until Easter. Now, I had told a little bit of a story in one of our episodes in regards to a ship's clock. Now, how does that tie in? Now, didn't that stop when he died? Yes, it stopped, and so did the refrigerator that 
I had made meals for him when my mother was away in Boston. And the ship's bell clock died the same day he died, along with the refrigerator. Weird. Whereas with his food. Yeah. Didn't you believe that that ship's clock was cursed? I didn't until I recently found it packed away. And I brought it in and crazy stuff started happening in the house. So I took it back outside and packed it away. Do you think that clock had something to do with your father's death? Maybe like it had a negative presence and it caused a heart issue? I actually believe that now, not as a 15-year-old, that it might have been possessed. Now, not then. I believe it had an attachment. There would yeah. be some collectors after that. People would actually want that Zach clock. Zach Baggins. Yeah. <laughs> would you ever consider selling that clock? No, I will bury it somewhere. Now, have you had any other experiences since then? Or did everything kind of go silent for a while? Well, my life kind of picked up and went in many directions, but I always had visions. I'd have little motion picture clips of what was going to happen. Didn't think about it, then it would happen. So psychically and intuitively. Yes. But you didn't have paranormal experiences happening around you, like interactions or hauntings or anything like that? Well, there was something in that house, even before my father died out in the country on the water. There was things that would happen in the middle of the night. Sometimes I'd even leave my body in the middle of the night and end up in the corner of the ceiling. It was just things that would happen that scared me, and I didn't really understand what was happening, but I'd go right back into my body when I got scared. I've had weird experiences like that, too, where you think you're in a dream or something, then you realize you're not in your body, then you panic and then you're struggling, and then somehow it wake up. Reminds me of that. I'm not sure it's the same. And there's also sleep paralysis. Yes. I would say it's similar to, you know, like a sleep paralysis experience, but feeling like I'm somewhere in the room, but you don't really know it. You think you're actually in your body looking at something, and then all of a sudden it would be like you'd have that feeling of wanting to move around and feeling frozen. So that's probably the paralysis. Well, let's jump into the scariest of scary, the most horrifying time period of my life, and I'm sure my mother's, and that was when we moved to a little place called Salve. The kingdom of Salve. <laughs> it's where we, Beck and I met. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. You were a Lakelander. Yeah, we were better than you. Yeah. <laughs> you had that dirty lake near you. <laughs> we had a crucible. And the state fair. And the lake. We shared the state fair. We're, this was a border. This I could walk to the state fair just as easily as you could. That's true. But you weren't a true carny at heart. No. Up the road from the state fair, we climb that Cogswell Hill, and we get to the very top, and there's a little baseball diamond up at the top, and a firehouse, and a little playground, and there's Pennock Street. One of those houses on that street was severely haunted. All they have to do is just go up the street and you just feel the energy from oh, the yeah, house. You can Actually, pick it up. Yeah, if you probably looked at the houses, it would be like, that one. That's the one. <laughs> I believe they were all haunted. Well, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, Salve is an old Italian little... town. A lot of immigrants there. Yeah. So there was a house. And in that house, we lived. And we lived there for five friggin' years. <laughs> and I don't know how. Your mother was poor, back. She couldn't move. This place was horrifying. Let's talk about how we ended up there, Mom, and why. Well, my girlfriend, who I worked with at Loretto, had found this place that she thought I would really like when it was a nice neighborhood, and it really was a nice neighborhood. It didn't cost as much as what I was paying, and 
you guys had a whole flat. You can go out and play and play baseball, softball, and meet kids your own age. And it was uh, panel-lined, that dark paneling. Oh, yes, it was. Did we feel anything right off the bat when we moved in? No, no. It was actually, it was warm and cozy when we moved in. How long did it take until the hell turned on? That happened when your grandmother stayed overnight. Actually, the weekend, I believe, um, when I went away. I think we all went away. Was it to Sandy Pond? To my friend's house. She stayed with a cat. That's not when it first started, though, because Kevin and I were hearing uh, people talking in the basement. So you never told me this until later on. Well, that's because Kevin was yelling obscenities through the grating. And what a little I brat. was horrified because I thought, we're in so much trouble. They're going to come up and they're going to tell our mom. And we waited and we waited and we waited. And nobody came up and Kevin's like, I'm going down there. And he went down there and there was no one there. I didn't know this until later on. And who would be working down there? There was nothing down there. It was very creepy, though. Most basements feel creepy. Most attics feel creepy, but this was seriously one of those basements where you walk down and you feel like someone's going to grab your ankles going down the stairs. Mm-hmm. And then when you get down into the basement, there was absolutely nothing there, but there was in the far back, it was almost like a wall that came up with gravel filled in, like you could put, throw bodies in there and then throw the gravel on top of them. I have no idea what that was for, do you? Drainage. Really? I think so. It was just an odd-looking drainage thing. It looked like a basin. It was so high. I only went down there once. It repelled me. We were on top of a hill, too. I don't know how much drainage we needed. That's true. Do you know how old the house was? Probably pretty old. That's probably why. Maybe the basement at one point wasn't finished, and they did it cheaply and put gravel down there. Could be. I mean, what do you think, 1900s, though, early 1900s? Yes. So we move in, and as soon as we move in, we had some upstairs neighbors. Yeah, we never saw them very often. They just looked very, very pale. (laughs) (laughs) They did. They reminded me of uh, Flowers in the Attic, perhaps. I I don't remember that movie. I know what you're talking about, so I don't remember that Weren't they all very pale kids put into the attic? something under the stairs. Well, that's the people that under the, the stairs. People under the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> no, this was definitely a flowers in the attic type situation. They were all very pale and they didn't talk. Really? Did they even say hi to us? No. And then they moved out. We move in, they move out. And nobody moved back in. Not for a long time. We no. were the only ones there for... Not the whole five years. Now, do you think they brought in the spirits because they're kind of weird? Or do you think they became weird because (laughs) maybe it picked up after they left? Well, from the story I heard from down the street, there was a lady that lived at the end of the street. And I happened to get talking with her. And she said that no one ever stays in that house very long. There you go. This house was horrifying. It was like an Amityville horror house to me. Well, actually, it was. As close as you can get. Now, I must admit, your sister, Stephanie, yeah, and my brother created a homemade Ouija board. <laughs> I remember, and because I've never been to that house. I would hear about it, and I would go with my dad to pick Jess up, and I would talk to you on the phone or see you in school, but she was really more your friend at the time, and then we became friends a little bit after, I think, you moved out of there. Yeah, well, they opened the gates of hell. <laughs> Jessica did that at our house, too, so... Oh, she was always opening the gates of hell wherever she went. (laughs) I'm sure that didn't help a lot, Ouija board, but I'm sure that it was still there, but maybe it brought out a couple more. 
Yeah, fueled the fire and added some extra spirits. I wouldn't even call them spirits, actually, because I'm not sure. So let's talk about how this went down. My brother, myself, my mother live in this house. And what my mom and I would experience was different than what my brother would experience. And yet somehow it all related. What I experienced was the constant calling of my name. Hmm. Becky, Becky. That's scary. I would hear it all the time. I would think it was my mom or my grandmother or my aunt if she was there. And I'd go, did you call me, mom? No, I didn't call you. Becky. Yeah, ma. I didn't call you. Mom, what'd you experience? I experienced touching. Um, My hair would go flying one way because somebody was batting at it. I experienced a lot with you and your brother when a cassette tape went flying through the air when you were fighting. Wow. And you didn't throw it. Yeah, that was Belle Biv DeVoe. (laughs) (laughs) That girl is poison. Smack it up, flip it, rub it down. No, no, no. Yeah. They must have hated that. (laughs) Well, I think that ended up in the coffee pot when it went flying. Now, Kevin would see him. Kevin would see the spirits. I think he would see this woman in particular. Well, tell the story that you told me when I walked in the door. So you were at work. And I got home from school. Kevin was on his knees in his boxer shorts and his just his boxer shorts. And he was just crying. And I go, what's wrong with you? Oh, and there were French fries all over the floor. <laughs> he says, well, you're not going to believe me. I said, just tell me. I'll believe you. And he said, there was a lady with white hair and a long white dress. And she was standing facing the corner in the dining room. Near that little creepy closet we had in there? It was a wine cabinet built in. Okay. Well, it was creepy. And she was standing there staring at the wall in the corner. And I said, did she look at you? And he said, no. And I think I I was kind of like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) That's you. (laughs) And he he was very upset. Very upset that I didn't believe him. But I was kind of, I was a little mean about it. Well, that, just the thought of what he told us or told you, scary. Yeah. I mean, a woman standing facing the wall is kind of like the ring in a different direction, you know? Right. (laughs) Now, when was it when you started using fans to block noises at night? Oh, God. That started pretty much as soon as I was hearing, Becky. (laughs) I would have a TV in the room on. Mm -hmm. I would have a fan on. Mom would tell me to turn the TV off. But I knew damn well if I turned that TV off, I'd hear things. So that TV would stay on until you'd hear, (laughs) and then it'd be like, and you'd have all the lines going across the TV in Technicolor. Mm -hmm. Then I'd turn it off, and that's when it would get even scarier. Yeah. Just to talk about that for a second, because I've known Becky for so long, and you didn't stop using that fan for a long time. I mean, you went. I still am. You still do? Well, that's because you got the hot flashes now. Oh, yeah, well. But no, I mean, all the way up until I left for a while, you were always using a fan. In fact, when you lived in the apartments out in DeWitt, I remember, you know, we'd have all these kids over spending the night and I went to bed earlier. So I don't know, I was exhausted. I was in the room by myself, I think. Yeah. And then you came in later, but the fan was going already and I heard something weird in my ear there. It was so strange sounding. It sounded like someone hissing and chattering their teeth at the same time. In the apartment? Right in my ear, yeah. But this was at the other apartment, and nothing ever weird ever happened to me again there. But I heard it through the fan. The fan didn't help. (laughs) 
So you're saying the fan magnified it? It just, I could hear it with the fan there, and I, I got up because I was like, all right, that was really scary. And I think I must have stayed up with you guys for a little bit, and then we all went to bed together, but it freaked the hell out of me. I'm wondering if the fan causes some pareidolia a little bit too, you know, where you might hear things that you're not really hearing because you're kind of going into that sleep state and you're hearing it that, been, yeah. that fan. So some people say they hear voices in the fan or I hear crowds of people or planes. It could be, but it seemed like it was right when I laid down, I wasn't even sleeping yet. I just got in there and I put the covers on me and then I hear this like, like right in my ear. I was like, what the? It's like I got up and I was like, yeah. Well, when we moved there, there there was something, but it was never as bad as what we experienced. So I figured we were pretty safe. No matter. When I moved out of there as a young adult and got my first apartment, something started going down in that apartment. And I remember our friend Amy would say, I think it follows you. I think it's attached to you. I think Hmm. you're the one. I had that impression after a while that wherever I go, trouble follows me. But now doing what I do, it could have been. Could have been a light around me that they were attracted to. I have no idea. But jumping back to Pennock Street, that place was horrifying. I shared a room with mom. It was just a two-bedroom, so Kevin had his own room. And we didn't have doors on our bedrooms. And the landlord would not. He was a bastard. He just wouldn't give us a door. And so mom and I put up those hippie beads. Those were the 70s, but here we are in the 80s with our hippie beads. And We'd hear those part at night and something would come in and walk around the bed and breathe. And you'd feel a breeze of this. Oh, it got cold. It got cold. It would walk around the bed and you'd hear it breathing and you'd walk around the bed and you'd you'd feel them right up at your head. Yeah. Like it's standing over staring at you like. (sighs) I mean, it was cold. It was borderline like breath cold like you could see your breath now have any of you gotten injured by the spirit like hurt really bad yeah i was injured by one i was choked by what was ever in that house oh Oh, yeah Yeah. and my grandmother was injured as well what happened to her it jumped up and down on her chest and her stomach when she was laying on the floor in the living room Hmm. and it goosed her yes whatever it was was a pervert at least one of those entities in that house was a pervert. Definitely something evil and definitely something perverted. And so, then there was a woman. And then there was a woman. I don't know if the woman was good or not. I mean, I just know I'd hear my name called all the time by this mm-hmm. woman. One day there was, uh, and I know we're going out of order with this because memories, you know, it's like, but my little niece, Rachel, was around two, three years old at the time. That's about the age where you can really see things. Uh, you're open to that. And she was playing dollies in our room that mom and I shared and she came out and she says grandma to my grandmother there's a lady in the room and she's calling for Becky oh my god she was in the window yeah but she wasn't outside of the window because I my grandmother made me go in there you go right in there and face it (laughs) you come with me okay and I'm like I'm not this lady's calling my name and I thought well maybe it's my friend Julie down the road she'd never done that but maybe she was just outside going, hey, Mac, want to come outside and play and go on the swing sets? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And I, I had asked her, is that my friend outside of the window? No, she was standing by the window. Becky, same thing I heard. Now, my brother, I think after the French fry accident, <laughs> let's call it the French fry incident. He was out. He was like, I'm done. I'm going to stay with my grandparents and my dad. 
So mom and I were left there alone. And that's where things got really scary because it's just mom and I. Mm -hmm. Our dining room light would just go on and off. It would dim. (laughs) We'd hear somebody shuffling through a bureau that wasn't even in there. You'd hear papers. You'd hear that entity walking around parting the beads. And it would get ice cold right before that would happen. Yeah. Hmm. Like it's coming. All of a sudden you could see your breath. And it's like you got you got to the point where now you know it's going to happen. Yeah. Mom and I would lay under the covers sometimes and hold our breath. I did. I held my breath and just put the covers over me. Like it's not going to see me if I'm under here. <laughs> I mean, you wonder. Does it see you under there? I don't know. Is it sticking his head through the blanket and looking at you? It's scary. I thought maybe it might be some old residual residual it didn't feel residual to me because it was actively now here's why it wasn't residual remember what i woke up to yes so (laughs) there was a lot of interactive yeah normal that's not residual so i collected these little statuettes i think they were called something silhouettes or hmm, there was a name for them but they were like these little things you could find them at the thrift store world's greatest dad the best golfer ever. Number one grandma. I want to mm-hmm. give you a hug. Yeah. I love you so much. I miss you. And I collected these. I had a ton of them. I don't know. Did I keep them on the dresser? Probably. Yeah. And I woke up. Now, I don't know how many times this happened. Once. Okay. Woke up and there was a circle around my head next to mom in the bed. In a line with like a sentence. <laughs> and mom woke me up slowly back. I was getting up for work and I looked over and I saw the statues just placed all around back from the top to the bottom to the side, encompassed her whole body. And I thought, what is going on? So I get up and I said, Back, back, wake up. So she she opens her eyes. She's not a good morning person. So, you know, she opens her eyes. And I said, did you do this? And she looks around and she looks up at me. And she gets up out of that bed. And she marches into her brother's room. And she said, Kevin, did you do this to me? I did. Did you do this? You little son of a bitch. I know you did it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. I did. I was convinced. He said, no, I didn't do that. I didn't. I swear. He was always trying to get me. It seemed like he would put fishing line on stuffed animals and try to pull them across the room to scare me. (laughs) He would sometimes go up the stairs on the front of the house and bang on the stairs, boom, 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 like someone was walking up the stairs and we knew no one lived upstairs. So to me, this was a prank by my brother, but he swore up and down that he didn't do this. I want to say mom that that happened again because he wasn't there and it happened again and i ended up boxing them up oh you boxed them right up and i got rid of them duct taped that box and threw it out to the garbage yep all my collection and i didn't collect things that was the only thing i've ever collected well your grandmother used to pick them up for you yeah which is sad what did the words did it form a sentence it did and and i had written it in my book (laughs) on amazon (laughs) from what i could recollect I remember this little girl statue with the big eyes, like, I miss you, or I love you. It was creepy. But it said loving 
it lo- did. loving sentences all around her. So I thought, whatever this is, is not evil. Evil. At least this entity wasn't evil. There was a portal or something there. There had to have been. Things were Things coming. going in. And out, yeah. yeah. And, you know, when my brother and I would fight, it would get so fueled up that whatever negative was in there would really thrive on that. Mm-hmm. And Kevin would almost get taken over. He would come at me with knives, try to basically murder me. Oh, I would have to bar myself up into the bathroom because it was the only place with a door. But this was the <laughs> only place I ever saw you ever fight as bad as you did. Right. So it made me think that this place was spurring you both on to fight so they could have your energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you call a psychic or somebody and they said, this is what you have to do. And you had to get in your car and invite it in your car and like take it with no, you and leave well, or something. It was a process. So I get the yellow pages out back when we had a phone book, and I'm looking through to see psychics, couldn't find psychics. Paranormal, I found this place up on James Street that was a paranormal place. I, I don't know, maybe it was a like a seven raised bookstore kind of deal. I can't remember the name of the place, but I called, and they told me, well, what you need to do is have the kids stop fighting that's feeding on their energy. Then you have to take salt and sprinkle it around the the corners of the room. And then you need to burn sandalwood incense. Okay, so we do this. We salt the we salted the whole house, yeah, actually. We're throwing salt like crazy around there. And mm-hmm. then I light up the, the incense and all of a sudden that's all it took. And Kevin's doing his homework at the table. I'm out doing dishes and were you in the bedroom? Oh, yeah. I was doing homework in the bedroom. And all of a sudden, I hear Kevin saying, Mom, Mom, I see them. And at the same time, I'm going, Mom, are you calling me? Because I'm hearing Becky back. Wow. And at the same time, my back of my knees get kicked out from under me. What? (laughs) All at the same exact time. We all gathered in together. So it's like what you did more triggered it. Yeah. Yeah, So whatever this was made it worse. Yeah. Wow. But I've heard that too, like in uh, houses that are like infested, yeah. yeah, that priests will come and test it first with a blessing to see what happens. And if it dies down after that, then that takes care of it. But if activity amps up, then they know they got to do more. I think that's what we had. I think we definitely had demonic things. Not to s- sidetrack that, but there was a point where I was out with your sister in the Cavalier, and I don't remember where we were. But I wasn't home, and Mom saw me. Yes, you were going to go to a church function. And I see you leave. You said, bye, Mom, I'll be back later. And I'm sitting at the table about an hour later, and Beck comes in the door. Doesn't say hi to me, which I thought was highly unusual. She always talks to me. Goes directly to her room. So I said, okay, I'll just, I, I don't know what I was doing, but I think I was writing my bills out. And about 10 minutes later, I see her walk through the door again. And I Mm. said, are you messing with me or what? (laughs) She goes, Mom, I just got home. 
Wow. And I said, no, you came through this house and you jumped out that window. And you're doing this. You're scaring me. Oh, my God. And she goes, no, Mom, I just got home. Really, I'm not lying to you. So, doppelganger. You don't think it was one of your visions and you just didn't recognize it? <laughs> no, that that wasn't a vision. When wow. I walked by you, did I even look at you? No. Or? Oh, that that's so creepy. Weird. You were looking down. This is like Amityville 2 with Meg Ryan when she drowns. <laughs> And then she comes in all wet and walks by them and goes up the stairs and doesn't say anything. Well, that's what flashed through my mind after you came in the second time. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is Amityville Horror 2 or something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is around the same time, though, that we had to have an exorcism at your house. So this is around the same time frame. Yes. Which we'll save that for another podcast. (laughs) But, yeah, there's exorcisms going on and there's just was popping off every which way. Yeah. I think that's where we kind of bonded a bit both had that connection with the supernatural stuff happening but I didn't really grow up have it happening in our house that I know of it kind of got bad after Jessica played the Ouija board that's what I'm saying your sister started hellfires all around she gave me my anxiety disorder that I still have (laughs) I remember your friend's didn't want to come over anymore and you'd leave the house and you'd leave me all alone in the house. Oh hell yeah, I was gone. I remember the party that the birthday party we had for you and had your friends over and the next morning the plants were just removed from the hook and laid down on the floor. They didn't just fall. They were picked up off that hook and down to the floor. And I'm positive my friends didn't do that. I they would were hear, too short back. Yeah, that and I would hear them moving furniture back into the room, which we had cleared all the furniture for my sleepover so we could all sleep in our sleeping bags on the floor. Mm-hmm. The ceilings were about, you know, what, 10 feet? Yeah. Uh, you'd have to get up on something to get up and unhook the macrame plant hanger. And mm-hmm. There was plates underneath the plant. They would have been broken if it fell. They weren't broken. They were placed and there was just a little amount of dirt perfectly yes. sprinkled around. It was odd. None of us heard that. We did have weird experiences, though, at the sleepover. My friend at the time, my best friend at the time. We actually felt somebody walking around us like they did in our bedroom with Mom and I. Mm-hmm. And it was just walking around and breathing and staring. You could feel it staring at you, like, psychically. And we weren't even psychics, you know, at the time. Mm-hmm. We were just like, what is that feeling? She held my hand, I remember. What is that Make stop it felt like forever it always did it felt like it was just never gonna leave everyone else was sleeping in that room but us weird water drippings from the corner that weren't there when someone would get up and try to touch it it'd be dry oh that's weird almost like ectoplasm you know situation going on we're like what is what is that dripping and you'd hear it somebody above that didn't live there you'd hear boom drag boom drag like someone was dragging their leg behind them just across the ceiling. It no was, one lived up there. Nobody lived up there. Actually, when we moved in, those people moved out. Nobody moved in for the five years we were there. Now, didn't you bump into someone somewhere that you were working and it ended up being the address? Years later. What did you ask those people when you... Like, well, oh, I, I used to live in that house. They did gave you? me an address. They, I was uh, selling appliances and they had bought a gas stove. <laughs> and I said, that's really weird that... You're buying a gas stove because I had noticed, oh, my God, that's the address I lived in. But it didn't say upstairs or downstairs, so I wasn't mm-hmm. sure. But it was the address. And I'm looking at these people, and they looked like Mennonites. 
Okay. Really? Yeah, they, they dressed they, like in religious. Well, stuff yeah, they were very like solemn, and the guy had a long beard, and the woman they were very pale again with the paleness, just like the were family. You guys pale, Vic. <laughs> I don't think so, but they were very pale, and and they looked otherworldly, like they didn't belong in the time that they were. And they were getting a gas stove, and I thought that was really weird because when I looked at the address, it clicked. Oh, my God, that's my old address. That's the most haunted house I've ever, you know, been in. But not only that, it wasn't a gas stove. No, Salve was infamous for their cheap electric. Mm -hmm. Like, everyone loved the electric in Salve because they produced their own. It was, like, very inexpensive to have electric. Yeah. So I had said that. I said, well, you live in Salve. Why would you go with a gas range? They didn't really answer me. And then I continued to take their name and information down for the delivery. And I said, I used to live at that address. Do you live upstairs or? And they didn't answer me. And it was really creepy. And then I said, can I ask you a weird question? And I was really scared to ask, but I was (laughs) like, I need to ask. Do you experience anything strange in that house? And they said, no. And they didn't even ask me why. They just said no. And then they left after I wow. filled out the information. I literally questioned, did I just interact with ghosts? Oh, wow. Because That's what it felt like. They wouldn't belong in Salve. No, and they looked like Mennonites. Did the they woman, end up getting the stove, like bringing it home? I don't know what happened. I only put whatever information they gave me into the computer. It was very minimal things. This was really, God, had it been in the 90s? That I worked there 30 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I do just remember the things that struck me were the address, the fact that they didn't talk much. They were very pale and they looked like out of time. I questioned after that for the longest time to this day, were those ghosts? Were those ghosts? I mean, I've heard of people having those experiences Mm -hmm. before, but I'll never know. And what's strange is I drive by that house once in a while just once every like five years <laughs> and I'll look at it and every single time it looks like nobody lives there. There's no cars in the driveway. There's no cars out front. I'll always expect someone to look out the window for some reason or be standing in the porch area looking mm-hmm. out, but it's, it's just a very scary place. While we were living in that house, I had, I used to take the bus to work, but I'd have friends from Salve once in a while pick me up and they would see people peering out the window up oh. on the second floor and they'd ask me who you know is who lives up there and I said no one and they'd look at me and they said there was somebody in that window looking at me wow yeah now these are social workers there they're not going to lie to me yeah and what do they know about what's going on? Nothing. They, nothing. Yeah. It's not like we would tell anyone because at that time it was one of those things where they'll think you're crazy mm-hmm. if you try to talk about it. I mean, I used to tell the stories on the bus with friends on a school trip and I'd say, anyone else's house haunted? You know, and <laughs> I'd get stories from the kids. Some of them would actually say, oh, yeah, we, my house in Salve is very haunted. I set up pyramids of soda cans and they get knocked down or one girl said that, you know, she would see a little ball bounce down the stairs and then a little boy would run down and pick it up and run back up the stairs, hmm. disappear. So there were stories. I didn't know if they were making them up just to join in on my real stories. Yeah. <laughs> but really odd. In order to get out of there, we kind of had to trick it. 
This is what I was talking about before. I knew there was a story about you tricking it or doing something to yeah. like a ceremony. <laughs> yeah. We left the encyclopedias. It was a really nice set of encyclopedias that we left in the hallway closet. And we said out loud, oh, we'll come back and get those later. And we packed everything else and we never came back. Well, those <laughs> encyclopedias are still probably sitting there today. Probably are. But that's what we did. We we just figured that if we left something behind, I don't know if somebody even told me to do that. I have no idea, but they think you were coming back. Yes. And, then and they, they wouldn't would... hitch that ride with us. Wow. Your next house was Able Ave. Yeah. And that place didn't have much going, you know, going on over there. Not too much. There was something in the attic that was rocking in a rocking chair above Kevin's room. And he would come in and say, Mom, back. Because, again, we shared a room again. Mm-hmm. There's somebody rocking in a rocking chair. And we'd say, there's nothing. Remember, we'd say, there's nothing here, Kev. Because we were so scarred from yeah. the last house. We just were trying to make it. Well, nothing could have been as bad as what we went through. So if there's somebody rocking in the attic, that was no big deal to us. I mean, your mind tricks you after a while. It you does. actually truly get used to being haunted. You do. Yeah. You do. And then you go, I just have to live with it. But your sister, again, brought over a skeleton key. Do you remember this? And it, it fit the room. attic door. And we were not allowed to go up there. That was part of the rules. We, oh, I remember We that. rented the upper flat, but we were not allowed to go into that attic. And we didn't have a key. But your sister brought the skeleton key. And it fit, and you were able to open it? And went right above Kevin's room. There was a rocking chair. No. Yes. Wow. Yes. So he was right. There was something rocking. And it wasn't, wasn't our downstairs neighbors coming up there to rock. Yeah. And they, they were nasty they people. They were mean. The energy, my brother and I talk about this, that the whole energy of Syracuse has just has gotten worse and worse. It's very dark feeling. And uh, it seems like only people really on the outside of it that have money <laughs> kind of enjoy their life a yeah. bit. <laughs> like the people living across on the water here. With all the boats and everything. Yeah. Are those all theirs or are they? Oh, yeah. Oh. But Salve has like... It's a dingy, dumpy, like, industrial town, you know? It is. And, uh... Very clicky. If you don't live there or you've never lived there before, you're an outsider. Yeah. You are not who they grew up with. And And you're not Italian. You're not really... I have some good friends from Salve. Mm -hmm. There's some good people that still reside in Salve. And so they're not all like that. But it just seems like half of them are. (laughs) It's weird. It's just, yeah, it's their mentality and... I've seen it a lot there. I remember I was was uh, over in Salve, and I really wanted to use my metal detector in, in this, the park in Salve. I thought, oh, this would be fun because I had found some coins there. With I was with my brother, and so I had, like, I'm gonna go back. I gotta waste some time. I'm, I had it in the trunk, and all of a sudden I'm doing it, and then uh, the police show up. <laughs> and so across from the park is a long street, and then you see houses way, way on the other side because. There's the back of the high school, so there's a street behind mm-hmm. there. Yep. And so it was really quite far. I couldn't make out anybody, like if I would say, oh, someone's looking at me in the window. But the p- police said, uh, yeah, a, a person called the cops on you from across over there saying you were digging in the park, <laughs> and, which was true. I was digging, just little making little divots with my Right, shovel. but what are the rules with that exactly? They were perfectly fine with it, but they just... Because they called, they had to go and check it out. They're like, no, you can stay. We just want to make sure everything was okay. But I'm like, it's some nosy, salvoid lady <laughs> that's 
probably housebound because she's terrified of the world. Yeah. Looking at me with her binoculars. It's a weird place. <laughs> I mean, we have to talk about the fact that the Tyrolians settled there, yeah. right? And then you have the history of the Tyrolians where they believe they were eating cats. <laughs> right? So the, the rumor is to this day is there's no cats in Salve. But they didn't want cats in Salve. They didn't. We had a cat. What's funny is Steph and I just had dinner with a friend of ours up actually that lived across the street from where we lived on Pennock. And we asked them, did you have a cat? Have you ever had a cat? Has anyone have pets around here? <laughs> and they couldn't think of any except for they told us a story about the one guy that lived in the house we lived in who was an animal hoarder. Her father said he had a wasp nest under his bed. Maybe it's wow. him that was haunting us. But wow. he said he was a nice guy because he brought... Uh, He's alive, I think, and he brought doves to the wedding for, for one of his kids. But there's this weird thing. None of my friends there had animals. My friend Bob and Santa, they live in Salve. And, of course, Santa just passed away just recently. And they had three cats and a dog. And then sooner or later, cats passed away. One of their cats that they kept, they called Milton because they hit him on Milton Ave. Oh. And so they... Kept him. They took him to the animal hospital, took care of him, and then uh, put photos of him all over Salve, and no one claimed him. Does anyone have kids? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> None of my friends had him growing up. Yeah, and so she kept him, and she called him Milton because she hit him on Milton Ave. But, but she kind of lives on the outskirts of Salve, too, if you think about it. She's well, not up in that condensed, thick area. She's out more towards Westvale. I've been to that house with you, and it oh, just yeah. doesn't fit in to Salve. Like, no. it's its own little nice entity. Yeah, that's the nice area, all that. But actually, Panic Street and the area around the firehouse was a nice, it was called Mountaintop, wasn't it? Hilltop, Hilltop maybe, or something like Mountaintop. that? Mountaintop, it was very, it was nice. It was nice. It was nice. It, was nice. The lower it just had a vibe. It definitely mm-hmm. had a vibe. We didn't know it until we experienced it. But Syracuse has a vibe in general. Salve has a vibe. Yeah. And every, you go in a different section of Syracuse and it's, it has a different feel to it. It's true. I always love Tipper Herald. That's the only place that makes me feel home to me for some reason. Like, doesn't make me feel bad. But I believe that every place has a vibe. Yeah. Even out in the country where I live has a vibe. There's strangeness out my way. It's. It's a you different kind of vibe, You though. don't really mm-hmm. want to go outside at night, even though it's all wilderness. There's just... Uh, An alien vibe a- out there. Alien vibe. <laughs> it's not not so much as a, a crime vibe. Oh, or, I've a, lost. or a coyote vibe. It's, it's like a, it's, it's, it's like, an alien vibe. Yeah, yeah, I've lost all my interest in the woods, especially at night. The vibe, you know, the weird vibe, especially oh, especially at night, you know. It's too creepy. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to live, I think, that far away from... People. You ever follow um, the guy that speaks about missing 411? Oh, oh yes, yeah. David Well, friends, I guess that about ties it up for today's episode. I want to thank Deborah McKinkle. Thanks, Deb. Thank you, Deb. <laughs> thank you, girls. Mom, too. Thanks for being here, Ma. <laughs> and uh, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you find your podcasts. That will help us immensely. You can contact us at tothespiritpod at gmail.com. I'm Beck. And I'm Steph. And remember, don't move to Salve. Or Syracuse for that matter. <laughs> That's but right. Especially Salve. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. To the Spirit Podcast. Supernatural Society. In I'm Ghost. Psychic. Missed it. Spirit. Divine Source. 
heaven. The dead. It's magic. 